0: Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost Series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Good morning,
1: everybody, and you're very welcome to our Signpost Series webinar this morning. This is our first webinar of 2023, and my name is Andy Boland, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so as we look at another issue relating to farming and the environment. Um, I'd like to Also um, mention and acknowledge the support that we get from our partners in this series, Dairy Sustainability Ireland, Food Drink Ireland Skillnet, and the National Rural Network. Now, this morning, some of you may may think we're, we're departing, and we have done in the past for a different type of subject outside of environmental sustainability, but very important as well in the whole area of social sustainability, and very, very important, probably one of the most important topics that we could talk about and it's good that we're starting the year on it, it's health and safety. And I'm delighted to be joined by two colleagues, Dr. David Meredith and Dr. John McNamara, uh, colleagues that I've known and worked a good bit with in the past. And they're going to talk to us really about the whole area of, of health and safety this morning. I'm also delighted to be joined by a colleague of theirs, Mohamed Mohammed, um, Dresy, and he's going to help us with some of the questions. He's working on a project that um, David is, will tell us a little bit about as we move through the presentation. And very kindly, Noel Meehan is, is also joined us and he's going to give us a handout as well with Mohammed Mohammed uh, on the questions. So gentlemen, you're very welcome and thank you for taking the time and effort and maybe some people are still on holidays at the moment, but thank you for taking the time and effort to putting together your presentation so early in the year. And maybe you would begin, uh, David by, and, and John afterwards, by telling us a little bit about yourselves, you know, what you do in Chagas, and indeed maybe your journey within health and safety.
0: Thank you very much for that, Andy, and uh, Happy New Year and Happy New Year to everyone who's joined us. Um, clearly, uh, there's lots of people who aren't on hold, as I see there's 118 people uh, here today, so that's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm David Meredith. I work in the Rural Economy Development Programme within Chagosk, and uh, the main focus of my work there is on issues of farmer safety and um, farmer health as well. In terms of the the journey into that, uh, it all started, uh, as it frequently does, with a phone call from John uh, many years ago asking if I could look at some data. And um, that led to me becoming progressively uh, engaged with research in this area, Uh, resulting in a few years ago, we secured uh, a very large uh, grant from the Department of Agriculture for a project called Be Safe. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Um, And that in turn gave us a platform to uh, lead a successful bid for EU money. Uh, And that project um, kicked off a couple of days ago and uh, will run for the next four years. And it's the largest uh, EU grant ever for farm safety research. Uh, So it's 5 million Euro over four years. uh, And I'll talk a little bit about that at the, the end of my presentation. So John?
2: Uh, You know, I'm Chogish's lead in the knowledge transfer directorate on health and safety, uh, meaning that I seek to uh, get advisors and trainers and uh, those to to include health and safety uh, in our work. And I also communicate messages strongly to farmers. Now I do applied research uh, along with David and with a number of colleagues. Uh, I have been active at the European level for a number of years and I was vice chair of the European cost network. I have been an adjunct associate professor at uh, UCD in health and safety and have been delighted to uh, develop a health and safety module there uh, at UCD and indeed in other uh, colleges, UCC and UG as well. Uh, My journey began, I think, in health and safety the day I started. uh, I joined the Department of Agriculture and uh, I was assigned to Kildartham College as a machinery teacher. So very quickly I realized that, you know, unless you were very careful, you know, teaching machinery, that uh, accidents could happen uh, and that. So so when the 89 Act came in, uh, you know, I became Chagas' health and safety officer at that stage. Thank you.
1: So, John, I think you are beginning the... The presentation you're the the lead presenter so you're going to be our presenter and David is going to row in on your presentation so John if you could share your pres- presentation with
2: us right i, I take about 15 minutes uh, occupational health and safety for sustainable farming is the title of my talk and it relates very closely to UN uh, goals on he- uh on sustainable uh, s- sustainability and goal three is uh, about good health and good well-being so I'm not talking uh, in a vacuum there is a big international context to what I'm talking about right the first side uh, I you know and I think uh, you know the, uh, this is a, a point that is very easy to make you know that uh, uh, health and safety has uh, uh uh, huge consequences for uh, for anyone affected. You know, there's the pain and suffering uh, and tragedy involved. Uh, you see Mr. Norman uh, Bradley, a farmer from around uh, Carlo area there, and the consequences are self-evident uh you know uh, uh now moving on uh we do health as well as safety and health has been described as an accident in slow motion so health is a big issue also but uh we're not going to say too much about it today just give headlines now we've done lots of research over many years and you know that indicates that uh you know that disability arising from health poor health and safety uh leads to all sorts of problems uh you know at a business level you know economic incomes reduced uh, by 22% people having to get out of uh, uh off income uh, as well. Now we tend to emphasise the human side of safety, but it has human, biz- huge business consequences. Now everyone should be involved in health and safety. And uh, apart from Chagash, I just want to uh, state a, a number of agencies. You have the Health and Safety, which is in a, over oversees the uh, safety, health and welfare legislation and guidance. Chagash has a, a joint agreement to work with the Health and Safety. Uh, There's a sub-board or an advisory committee to the HSA, the Farm Safety Partnership. I represent Chagish on it. And there is uh, a National uh, Farm Safety Action Plan 2021-2024. Now, the Department of Agriculture is a huge player. And, uh, you know, there is a minister with special responsibility for farm uh, safety, uh, Minister Martin Hayden. Now, the department uh, include health and safety, you know, where feasible and uh, and that in, in uh, schemes and supports and programs. And also they have funded EIPs. And indeed, as David has said, they have funded a considerable amount of research in health and safety. And then you have Origin Green, uh, so uh, Borbia. you know, they have uh, health and safety measures in their schemes, which is extremely positive as well. So I'll just move on to Chagish now and uh, talk, you know, all, where do we come from? You know, we have uh, a statement of strategy, which is our working document, uh, you know, it's our plan of action as well, where uh, you know, we have a, a goal, we have a, an overarching goal to make sustainability, uh, you know, front and centre. And to, uh, to uh, goal one there is to support improvements in farmers' living standards and well-being. And then, uh, you know, there is a measure, that we describe in the measure, uh, goal one, you know, what we're going to do. But basically, we adopt the one health and the total health models. Total worker health means that, you know, we integrate safety and health. Uh, One health means that, you know, health of livestock, health of humans, you know, farmers are integrated. So we integrate uh, both, all of those, those issues into our advice. Now, uh, a few key issues around health and safety in agriculture. Uh, there's a huge number of farmers in Ireland, 130,000, uh, 130, uh farms and about 300,000 people at risk. Farmers are predominantly self-employed and they tend to take risks, I'd have to say, Uh, you know, and there's a difference between self-employed and working for uh, a company where you're under somebody else's uh, control, and I'd like to emphasise that. In the scientific literature, farm safety and health has been described as a wicked problem, meaning that, uh, you know, that uh, the, 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 the solution uh, uh, has many components at various different levels, which we can speak about later. Now, accurate uh, risk communication is crucial, and, uh, you know, that's what we seek to do in Ireland. Uh, two uh, slides here, a tractor, you know, getting knocked down by a tractor is, uh, and getting attacked by a, ca- a cow uh, around calving time are two huge issues on I- in Irish farming. Now, here is a graphic which kind of shows, uh, you know, farm management uh, in practice. Now, the first uh, pictorial up there shows lots of different activities on a farm. Uh, It's easy to show, it's easier to show the negative, uh, but you can see lots of hazards there. You know, but I have to say, you know, safety should be seen as a positive issue. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, uh, things to be put right and to be kept right on farms. Uh, Now, childish advisors in one study we did, uh, a lot of them told us farmers forget health and safety when the pressure is on. So work organisation... Uh, is is a close relation of health and safety management. Now, an English study uh, has shown that uh, uh, 45% of farmers or planners that that they were good guys, Uh, 14% they're pragmatists, meaning that they might not have the paperwork exactly right, but they're okay, they've done it right. 18%, strangely, are risk-takers, they like risk and 23% are unclear, uh, meaning that, you know, they need ongoing support. They're not quite sure what to do next. Now, we have done uh, research in Ireland, uh, broadly similar to that, which we'll be unveiling later. Now, uh, approaches to effective health and safety, uh, and there is a a famous uh, 3E approach, which has worked in in, uh, industry, but not so much in agriculture, and uh, it's uh, engineering, in other words, physical controls. You, uh, you educate people uh, on the is the human factor side, and you enforce both individually internally and externally, uh, giving a safe environment. Now, I believe you know in in a company you can put all that model together, but in a Uh, A farming situation, it depends on the farmer to put it all together. Now, before I leave, I'd like to say, what is an accident? But fundamentally, it's uh, an impact of energy, be it a bull or a bale or whatever, uh, on the body or or loss of bodily function. Now, the key uh, uh, controls are, uh, you know, behavioral approaches, which are the quick win and you must have have them, uh, and also improving the physical environment. Now just to show you what's happening in, in Irish agriculture with uh with data, and uh we've taken a long-term view uh here based on what 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 work I've done with David Meredith. Uh, and uh I look at the two brown arrows first, and you know, it and, they, and this is a rolling average, you know, for a three-year period up to 2019. But if you look at it, the chocolate brown arrow and the dark brown arrow, they're from fifty-five upwards, and those figures are increasing, uh, you know, year on year. Uh, whereas the, uh, the 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 maroon under fifty-five uh, and down are decreasing. So so age is a definite factor in 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 farm safety uh, 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 fatal accidents in Ireland. Now, looking at non-fatal accidents, uh, here is the graphic, and it shows that, uh, you know, and this is based on NFS data, uh, and it's for the previous five years, it shows that dairying has the highest level of of, uh, non-fatal accidents, followed by tillage and then sheep. Now, the trend, uh, what's happening in trends, we've been doing this work, in fact, since 1992, uh, and uh, basically the the green line there shows livestock accidents and they are going up and up. The next line is machinery. They came down, but in the last piece of work we did have gone up again. And uh, then you have trips and falls. I'm glad to say they came down on the last occasion. And then you have other accidents such as chainsaws and that. And, you know, they're all out there in the industry. They were quite high the last time uh, we did it. Now, uh, we have done this survey, uh, last year as well, but on a slightly different basis. It's, it's, it's on the basis of, uh, uh, just one year recall. And we found that, uh, uh, four, four, four thousand five hundred accidents occur each year. And, uh, uh, about half of them, 46 percent either require, uh, hospitalization or, uh, uh, a three-day uh, stay in hospital or more, and the key issues are their livestock trips and falls, machinery, and that. I'm glad to say machinery was down, and that. Now, in the enterprises, sheep showed up as as uh, one having a, a high level of accidents, followed by dairy. Now we're for following up on this study, and you know the level of seriousness of the accidents. Uh, we're we're studying that, and we, we'll be releasing data on that next. Now, where do you go to get information? Uh, Here you have the uh, risk assessment document. Uh, It's sent to all farmers. Uh, You know, it's basically it's the legislation in practice. It's to gain action, uh, really. Uh, And it's got good graphics. It's got great pictorials and it's got very sharp text. Uh, And then you have a hazard sheet and uh, uh, going with it, you have an action sheet. And that is the key issue to to focus people on taking the right actions. So this covers all the activities on a farm and it focuses farmers on on, on taking action. Now, I did my PhD in this area, so I know a good bit about it. But uh, farmers filled out the document to a limited extent. Uh, The hazards they identified, uh, you know, were... Uh, physical hazards such as machinery and buildings, slurry, tank covering, and that, but there was little in it on certain hazards, particularly children, older farmers, health, and other areas. But no, a key finding was that farmers, and there were about 40% in the study, farmers who implemented what they specified had, had high standards of health and safety. Uh, and the other point being is that adopters. Uh, had a lot more done than they had written about in their risk assessments. And what they were doing was ongoing. You know, they were doing, you know, they were uh, making amendments to to hazards the whole time. So the key message is uh, ongoing adoption is needed. Now, I don't want to uh, talk about health and safety. It's a big field. We can come back another day and talk about it. But farmers are in poor health also. And, uh, Uh, This work is by uh, Dr. Breda Smith and I congratulate her, uh, Professor Smith now is now the Chief uh, Medical Officer uh, for Ireland and that, but this is her MD uh, thesis uh, work and circulatory diseases uh, were five times higher than for blue-white-collar workers, cancers three times higher and injuries, the main component of that category, were seven times higher. Uh, here below at the bottom, you see a good colleague of mine, Willie Penrose, promoting uh, health checks with us at the plowing match. And here we have Dr. Diana Van Dorn, who I'm delighted to say will be awarded her PhD next Thursday uh, for her work on, uh, you know, improving cardiovascular disease, uh, you know, research to improve cardiovascular health among farmers. Right I uh, just want to qu- quickly move on and talk about the priorities in 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 uh, in Chagish and I just want to to uh, hit the highlights and the first one is we want to communicate with farmers we want to give leadership you know you know good reliable information working with the HSA and all partners we do that by press releases publications uh social media and very importantly our events and that Education, you know, we are the training authority for agriculture, and you know it's very strongly included in 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 uh, all our training. Uh, and you know, we have about three hundred thousand kind of, uh, uh, we have about three thousand students involved, uh, you know, uh, each year. Um, we have a key say health and safety module, and it's included in all modules and all practical training. No, we are delighted that the Minister, uh, Minister Hayden, and the uh, Department of Agriculture provided funding to us to buy a suite of 22 uh, simulators, 18, uh, yes, yeah, eight, 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 21 in fact, for 18 machinery and three equine. And, you know, I believe that these will Im- improve vastly our training offering in the whole area of machinery safety. Uh, we do half-day training uh, with, with farmers around the country for anyone, uh, who, you know, who, who wishes to avail of them. And th- these are our TAMs required. At an advisory level, and here you have Minister Hayden and um, uh, the Minister for, uh, uh, Minister Harris, the Minister for Higher Education and Skills at one of our events. Uh, But, you know, all advisors, we wish them to include uh, health and safety in their uh, work, you know, with specific KPIs. We don't want to be long winded. We want to be specific and short, focused and positive. And very importantly, we want to include work in in, uh, our events and our discussion groups. And we want to integrate with other uh, components of our advice, such as time management and workload management no all of that work that we do in k t is 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 based on the evidence based paradigm uh we, we operates you know we operate a research to k t model uh, we've open access to all our work you know we've no secrets uh, everything we do is in the public domain. I'm delighted to say we have uh, upped our ante in the last number of years due to department of agriculture d a f m funding Uh, We have a grant uh, there, and uh, we also have won a a major EU H2020 contract, Safe Habitus, which David will talk about. Now, I just want to finish that we've been doing research for for many years and we've many projects done, so we've a lot of knowledge. Uh, The two at the bottom are two uh, projects currently in progress one on supporting farmers with health and the other is in livestock safety, so, so uh, a, a master study. So so basically summary is that uh, health and safety is, part, uh, is a key part of sustainability and that we're very active in the area. Now without any further ado I'll hand over to uh, uh, sorry, I have some references there but I'll hand over to my colleague David Meredith.
0: Okay, and thanks, John. So in terms of, I'm going to uh, present a few slides that provide an overview of some of the uh, farm safety and farmer well-being research that we've completed over the past 12 months. Uh, And this work is funded predominantly through uh, the B-SAFE project, which is uh, the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine, um, and also through the Chagas Walsh Scholarship Programme um or sorry walsh fellowship program and the the new project uh, that we have safe habitus i'll talk about in a few minutes is funded through um the eu horizon euro program so john if you can move on a slide so standing back and looking at um several of the pieces several of the studies that we've finished uh, in the past year um we, we went looking at what, what are influencing farmers uh, and farm workers' uh, safety practices on farms. And one of the things that really stands out is the, uh, the importance of uh, social influences or peer pressure. And what we see is that they're critical in shaping what many, but not all, farmers and farm workers and also advisors believe and how they act when it comes to the issue of farm safety. So what do I mean by that? Um, What we see in the data that we've collected is that the farmers in general, and I'm talking in general about a whole population here, it's not every farmer, but in in general, there is an expectation that farm, farming is a risky business, and accidents are to be expected. So, in the academic language, we we say that um, the this is normalised. Okay, risk taking then becomes normalised because that's what farmers do. But our data shows us that what's fifty percent, or slightly more than fifty percent, of farmers in Ireland believe that that is the case. There's another population out there. Uh, and it's about 25% of all farmers. They they see other farmers and they think that those other farmers are taking risks, but they don't. And this is the important and this is the positive piece here. So it indicates to us that there is a safety culture there. Okay, it is developing. It's not the majority by any means, but it is developing. And this is really, really important if we're going to change uh, how we... Um, communicate safety and how we make farm farming a safer occupation into the into the future and part of this and this is the the key point to this slide we need to start focusing on communicating clear messages that explain to farmers where they stand in relation to key safety behaviors okay so this is the idea that if we think that everyone else is doing something, so if everyone else is speeding when they get in a car, well, we we'll we just accept that. But if we find out that, well, only 10% of people um you know go over 10 kilometers an hour in a 50 kilometer hour zone, we begin to realize that we're actually the outlier, that we are the exception. And this is, uh, it's a very effective communication tool when people begin to understand where they sit in terms of their practices, uh, relative to the population as a whole. And this has uh, been proven to be very successful in a whole host of other areas as well. Um, And one of the key points here is that it communicates that not everyone behaves unsafely. Uh, So, uh, next slide please, John. The other uh, element here is that when John referred to farm safety being a wicked problem, because there's no simple solution to it, that the responsibility is distributed across a whole host of institutions uh, from the national level right down to the individual farmer and the, the farm household. So everyone has got to take action here. But in the research that we've been doing, what we see is that farmers themselves, and particularly people who are considered to be leading farmers, they need to stand up, they need to lead and highlight that safety is an important issue to them. And this isn't a case of lip service, this is a case of living it. Uh, and the importance of that rests in the fact that it sends a clear message to other farmers and also to uh farm consultants and farm advisors and other people who are interacting with farmers, that farm safety is an issue that should be given time and should be given consideration. Um, And work that we did with uh, advisors, uh, we found that the advisors take their cues from farmers and are less likely to raise these issues, as in farm safety issues, if they believe that farmers are reluctant to discuss them. And this makes perfect sense from the point of view of if you're a farm advisor, you need to be getting critical messages across and you don't want to be uh, getting someone's back up by raising issues that they really don't want to talk about. And as a consequence, we need farmers to kind of step into this space and say, you know, yes, safety is important. And as John said, it's not all negative. So, John, if you can move on to the next slide. One of the ways of doing that, one of the ways of uh, bringing those conversations out is to think about how do we share experiences and to do so in a way that's non-judgmental. And uh, and this is sharing experiences of near misses or close calls or maybe um, serious accidents that might have happened to uh, other family members on a farm. And they might be a... Um, an important means of farmers and farm workers of identifying solutions to some of the risks that they face on a daily basis. And this particular point comes from work that um, we've done with colleagues in UCD, uh, and we undertook a very large survey of students. And what we found is that there's a whole group of students who are effectively risk averse. But when we dug into that a bit, what we found is that they were much more likely either to have direct experience of being injured on a farm themselves or knowing of someone who is either seriously injured or killed in some instances. Uh, and their whole attitude and their their perspective on uh, farm safety was very different to um, students who hadn't had those experiences. So. The, the thinking here is that if we can get people to share experiences uh, and not from the point of view of being judgmental about, oh, so-and-so took a risk and they got caught out or something like that, but much more from the point of view of this happened, but if we did X, Y, and Z, we could prevent it happening again. And it's very much on that preventative side of things. So John, next slide, please. <laughs> I'm moving into the area of farmer health here and particularly uh, farmer well-being. Um, So the issue of stress in farming has become much more prominent in recent years and indeed uh, the issue of stress uh, in the general population has become much more prominent in recent years as there's a growing focus on uh, the challenges around mental health. And one of the One of the key points to make here at the very outset is that stress is a feature of all occupations, okay, including farming. So farming isn't exceptional from the point of view that uh, people experience stress whilst working on farms. Farming is different, though, in terms of there is a lot of things that farmers cannot control. okay. so weather markets, um, they're two huge issues uh, that farmers have very little control over. Uh, and that has that uncertainty can cause a lot of stress. And the, we'll say in relation to weather related uh, issues, that has knock on consequences as well. So it in, impact on the financial performance of the business uh, and the income that is generated and returned to the farm household as well. So. That you can get these uh, these uh, individual stressors, but they begin to combine. And when they begin to combine, then they, they can become quite problematic. But standing back and going back to Diana Van Doren's work uh, that John mentioned there a few minutes ago, roughly 10% of farmers experience uh, poor well-being. Okay, so we undertook a very large survey. um, Sorry, rather, Dana undertook a very large survey of farmers. There was over 800 farmers in there, and asked them a sequence of questions. And those questions combined together to give us a score in terms of your overall well-being. And it ranges from very good to uh, poor. And we find that 10% of the population experience poor well-being. And this is, you know, this is. Uh, we're, we're very confident in this figure overall. Um, we did another piece of work, and this work was done by Alexis O'Reilly, um, and it's just about to be submitted for publication. And it looked at farmer well-being over the course of the pandemic. And what was interesting here is that there's a lot of work done on farmer stress um, and when that work is done, it generally just looks at farmers. Okay, it doesn't compare farmers to anyone else. What Alexis O'Reilly has done is to compare farmers to other rural workers. And what we found is that uh, stress amongst farmers increased during the pandemic. But interestingly, uh, this means that farmers are now the same as other workers in rural areas so their stress levels were lower to begin with and increased during the pandemic uh, such that they then became very similar to other workers in terms of the the level of stress that they're re- recording um there's some preliminary work that has been done indicating that the, the levels of stress are declining again, but that is very preliminary and we'll be working more in terms of establishing whether or not that is uh, an actual fact. So next slide, please, John. Um, I already mentioned the fact that there's a lot of stress, stressors on farms. So stressors are Causes of stress. Uh, So they include, uh, and the main ones include uh, money, weather, and workload. Um, Other stressors include policy uncertainty and change as well. So, and change in general, not just policy change. So, we're talking about technology, availability of labor, how work is organized, the type of work that's done, and so on. What we see from Mary Brennan's work is that stress is more common amongst younger farmers compared to older farmers. And this is particularly true uh, for those operating a dairy enterprise. Farmers who continue to experience stress in older age are more likely to experience negative impacts on their health, okay? And in general, uh, individual stressors tend to be manageable for most. So if there's one thing causing stress or maybe if there's a couple of things causing stress, that's okay. they're manageable. but it's where they begin to combine and you get multiple stressors. And some of these uh you know they they may be personal as well as related to um the occupation. Uh, but where they come together, that can cause uh, substantial stress uh, and you can go from coping to um, really struggling in a very short period of time. Uh, So this is where we need to be very proactive in terms of ensuring that the right supports are available um, and that those those supports are accessible uh, to the farmers. And just in terms of looking ahead a little bit, um, a lot of uh, recent commentary uh, has focused in on how farming is is now perceived uh, within the popular press, in particular the media, uh, but in general in terms of the population at large, and a sense within uh, farming that uh, it's been portrayed as being all bad. And the reality, of course, is that isn't the case that uh farming uh produces a lot of very positive things that we all depend on every morning when we get up in terms of food uh it produces a huge amount of economic activity in rural areas uh and it it maintains uh cultures and traditions that are really important to the country as a whole um but one of the things that we need to uh, get a, a handle on, uh, and there's relatively little work has been done on this so far, but it's uh, to try and get an, uh, an understanding of the impacts of media coverage and policy uncertainty on farmer well-being. It, it could be that you know what we're seeing at this specific point in time are a number of issues coming together and that they will ultimately pass. And what I'm talking about here is the change to the Common Agricultural Policy and everything that comes with that, and at the same time, the introduction of the Climate Bill, which sets out targets for the agricultural sector, and these are legally binding, and we'll need to achieve those by 2030 and 2050. So we've got a lot of change coming together uh, at one point in time, and we've heard from a variety of people, uh, and this is commentary rather than research, but we've heard, a variety of people that this is causing a lot of stress for farmers. Uh, and what I'm saying here is that, well, we actually need to get a much better handle on whether that is uh, temporary uh, and will pass, or if this is something now that farmers are facing into the future as well. And if it is, then we need to do something about that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what we might be able to do about that. So, John, next slide, please. So one of, the, uh, one of the new projects that we have, uh, and this is a project that I'm leading, um, and so I'm the overall project leader, it's called Safe Habitus. And the objective is to strengthen the farm health and safety knowledge and innovation system in Europe. And uh, this is funded by the European Union uh, through the Horizon Europe program. Uh, it's worth 5 million euro over four years. And we've got 20 partners spread across 12 EU member states. And uh, we will be, well, the the project kicked off, in fact, uh, on the 1st of January this year. So we will go for the next four years. Um, The the type of work that we're looking at there uh, relates to uh, farm risk reduction and management. uh, And John uh, is leading that particular uh, strand of the work. Uh, And then we're also looking at making farming a more attractive um, job. So that's where we're looking at issues around quality of life, um, improving uh, farmer well-being overall. And that work has been led by colleagues in Slovenia. Uh, So this is the overall project. It was launched uh, by Minister Hayden um, with us a number of weeks back. And that's the photo that you see there. Uh, and in terms of some of the the benefits that, that this brings to us, uh, well, in the first instance, we can take what we've learned here in Ireland and uh, bring it to others around Europe. But equally, we can learn from what others across Europe and indeed outside of Europe have been doing uh, in this area of farm safety. And where applicable, bring those ideas back to Ireland and pilot them here. So I'm going to finish my presentation there. And if there are any questions, I'd be delighted to take them.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much, um, David. You, John, you might stop sharing your screen now. Yeah. And welcome to Noel and Mohammed. And again, can I remind you to keep sending in the questions? Um, John. Just to, to go back to your presentation, you, you mentioned um, two things that are kind of uh, struck me. One was the TAMS 2 training. That's the farmer grant applications. <clears throat> and you just give us a little bit more about what farmers have to do and the type of courses. And also you mentioned about advisor and consultant training. Well, advisor training is consultant training. That is a requirement as well. Now, both of those are requirements. Um, you, you might just elaborate a little bit on those. Yes. So, uh,
2: Uh, And there is a question from Terence that might make into it as well. Um, uh, Now, in order to draw down your TAMS grant, uh, you were required to do uh, a half-day course on uh, health and safety, and it's based around the uh, risk assessment document, you know, completion of the risk assessment document. Now, uh, we're seeking to uh, uh, get farmers to, to participate Now, uh, it was part of my PhD thesis. So I found that, uh, uh, you know, and the the risk assessment document was never meant to be just kind of handed out. It was meant to be included with training. So uh, uh, I found in my study, uh, you know, that it increased the level of action taken by farmers. So it is a very positive course. I would have to say farmers, uh, you know, especially farmers that would be in the let's call them the unclear category, AKA the UK study, you know, coming in, they would say, oh well, what's all this about? And blah blah blah, you know, health and safety, you know. But we want to motivate farmers, you know, and our experience going out the door of farmers, and we've measured this. It's in my research. Uh, you know, are delighted with the course. They find it very useful, very practical, and it motivates them to uh, to pursue uh, health and safety adoption on their farm and, of course, to complete the risk assessment. Now, we don't just leave it at that. You know, we we want uh, all our activities, events and particularly discussion groups to include safety. And we have done research on that. Dr. Tracy O'Connor got a PhD with us a number of years ago, and we found that what farmers want there are short, focused and positive messages, right? Uh, so that's that that, that question. Uh, the second question, you know, all fast advisors, you know, these are advisors under the Department of Agriculture Farm Advisory Service, including Chogish and Consultants. Uh, And uh, all have to do uh, uh, an online e-learning course on health and safety, Uh, you know, and, you know, the deadline is imminent, you know, so uh, most people have done it. So, So anyone that hasn't, we'd encourage them to do it. Uh, I'd just like to take Terence's question about mandatory training of farmers there while I'm on the uh, the run. And, uh, you, you know, I think that will be tested this time next year or even sooner, that there is mandatory regulations coming in for wearing a helmet uh, while driving an ATV and uh, plus getting uh, um, training to operate a quad. So that is mandatory and that it is coming down the tracks. Uh you know, but what is there at the moment is kind of incentivized training, you know, to do the half day, it's incentivized in in terms of you have to do it to, to draw down the the tams and that. And I think that, that 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 is the positive approach. Thanks.
1: And maybe David, just on or Mohammed, either of you, um just before I go over to Noel, um, the new project, I mean, that, that you're involved in, um, uh, Save Habitus, um, like, wh- what do you see the big benefit of that from uh, from an Irish point of view? I know you'll you, you will get to see a lot of work in, in other European countries, which is very useful with any of the European projects that are involved in, and I presume they will likewise get benefit from what we're doing, um, and sometimes we often knock maybe what we're doing, but we're often doing as much, if not more, than a lot of people. Um, but what would be the main benefits do you think that will come out of that project from from Irish agriculture in inverted commas?
0: Well, I, I think in in uh, going back to your your point there, Andy, um, it actually gives us a platform to show exactly how much we've been doing in Ireland. And when we compare across Europe, I mean, Ireland is you know stands out as making huge efforts in this area. And having developed a lot of different types of approaches uh, to try and improve things here. And what I mean by that, I mean you've got the activities of the HSA in terms of uh, safety campaigns and all of the media work that they would do around that, uh, right the way down through organizations like uh, Agri Kids, um, which is you know at a at, at the level of interacting with schools to highlight issues around farm safety. So when we when we compare Ireland to most of the European countries, I mean, we're very proactive in this space. So it gives us, you know, it gives us a, a real opportunity to highlight what it is that we've been doing here uh, and for other people to learn from us. Um, there's a lot of benefits that are that are going to flow from this particular project. But I think um from a a very practical uh, and one might say a very selfish point of view, it allows us to continue the work that we've developed over the past number of years and to get deeper into a number of questions uh, and issues. So we'll have funding to appoint researchers uh, and they will continue doing the work. The other aspect though, in terms of it's all well and good doing research and publishing papers, but it's really all for nothing unless we're translating that into something practical that can be used either by farm advisors or farmers to improve uh, the social sustainability of farming in Ireland. So there's a big focus on that element as well. Um, from a more technical point of view, um, and this is it's it might not be seen as being a particular issue um with regard to most people operating within Ireland, but because of the way we collect the statistics, um, so basically, if a death happens on a farm, it's recorded as a a farm uh, farm death or farm fatality, um, and it, and it doesn't matter who that happens to. Okay, so that's the way we go about it in Ireland. Equally, if uh, you're uh, w- undertaking work as a farmer and have uh, a, a serious injury or fatality uh, in a public area, uh, such as on a road or uh, in off the farm itself, that too uh, can be recorded as a farm fatality. So when we compare Ireland to a lot of EU states, we look like we have quite a high level or a high rate of farm fatalities in Ireland compared to a lot of other countries but they count their fatalities very differently. And in the first instance, a lot of countries don't count anyone who's self-employed. So it's only if you're employed that you're counted as being uh, in their statistics. Uh, and there's there's all sorts of issues around this, but it, it makes you know the, the figures look artificially low uh, for those countries. So one example of this, uh, and it's the, the work that John was involved in a number of years ago, uh, it was found that France reported one farm fatality uh, for one year, which, given, you know, the, the number of farmers they have, that that's unrealistic. But it's because of the way they're, they're using the statistics. Uh, and what we want to do is to highlight um, the need across Europe to effectively take the approach that we do in Ireland uh, to count all of the fatalities. Because unless we're counting them, we're not going to make progress. It's not going to be an issue um so uh, that could be a uh, a very major outcome of this project if we're successful in in really influencing how different countries across europe uh, count the the injuries and fatalities that are occurring on farms
1: that would seem a major anomaly david if you, you know if you're talking about that level of disparity between different uh, if you like of a better term accounting systems or measurement systems it, it does seem to be honest a little bit crazy doesn't it um no th- there's lots of questions there coming in do you want to i will but i think john did you put your hand up there john
2: no yes i did yeah no I, I have been in uh europe quite a bit over the years now but one key difference uh is that uh you know in, in scandinavia denmark norway sweden finland those kind of places Farmers actually retire, like by the age of 55, you're heading for the exit kind of door, door. and, uh, you know, you're retiring, you know, genuinely. And, and they do retire. Right. And I think that uh, leads me to Owen's question, you know, and Owen, you, you say that, you know, 5% of the population, 50% of the the deaths, you know, and that is the case. And, you know, we, we must redouble we our efforts. Uh, you know, uh, but I'd have to say that, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the deaths are, uh, due to older farmers, you know. Now, last year there was 12 fatal accidents, uh, and 59% of those, you know, seven of them were over the age of 65. You know, so I think there is a little bit of nuance needed comparing one sector uh, w- with another. Uh, the other thing I'd like to re-emphasize just about. Uh, you know, the same figure, 59% were due around machinery. So risk communications is crucial. You know, it's being close to uh, a vehicle or a tractor or interacting with a, a vehicle. That, that That is the issue. And how our farmyards are designed is is, 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 uh, uh, is a big component of that. Thanks. Noel, just before you,
1: you go, it's just something that struck me actually going through the presentation as well. And, and John, you just mentioned it now, you know, the age of farmer. And is it as a result of the the general age profile increasing or is it as a result of older farmers are having accidents? Do you you know what I mean? I mean, the general age profile of farmers are increasing. So you would expect a larger percentage or sorry, they would put in a large larger percentage into the pie or is it do, do you see what i'm saying Which- yeah, yeah
2: yeah no no i can maybe give my answer and hand over to david yeah uh, you know i think it's a bit of both you know but uh, you know maybe correct me if i'm wrong david but like you know farmers get, get, get gain habits including bad habits dare i say it at a younger age you know, and then as one gets older, uh, you know, uh, one gets more uh, vulnerable. Let's put it like that. You know, both physically and mentally, so so that the chances of an accident increase uh, as one gets gets get, gets older. Now, there's all sorts of issues. You know, the the demand for work uh, workers in the in in the industry has increased. And older workers are getting sucked back into the work, you know, workplace to do work that they mightn't have thought they would, they would do. Uh, just while I'm on the subject, we have a very good PhD funded by the department in UG, you know, Aswati Surinandran, you know, where she is studying the role of older farmers. Thanks. David, okay, you just wanted to make a comment there as well, didn't
0: you? Uh, well, I mean, just in, in general, supporting what John has said, um, the, the issue isn't age, okay? The issue is uh, the fact that we learn a set of practices at a very early age, and that's fine, you know, so long as we're young and agile. But as we age, uh, we get a bit slower, and that's when the risks really begin to increase dramatically. Uh, and the reality is we also become a lot more fragile um and i'm speaking from personal experience here myself uh so it's you know what might have caused a bit of a a bruise in the past now becomes a much more serious issue in terms of broken bones or whatever it happens to be or it could be a lot worse than that of course um so it's it's really about changing the behavior um or the practices uh, and 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 moderating that as as we get older and realising that we can't do it all that we aren't superhuman and um, we we all come to that realisation at some point but the the trick is to ensure that we we learn it early enough that uh, it it doesn't result in us getting a, a serious injury but just uh, very quickly I see some of the questions there uh, there's a, a question around the uh, health and safety EIP schemes uh, that came in from Sinead. And certainly, as part of the the uh, new project that we have, Safe Habitats, uh, we would look to to learn from uh, from them because what they've done, uh, for those who don't know, they've piloted a lot of different approaches um, across the across the country in different well in different places. Uh, different types of farming systems uh, and uh, taking a variety of different ways of trying to communicate and improve farm safety. So we'll definitely be looking into those um, uh, as we go forward there. No, oh, sorry. Over yeah. to you. Okay, so just two, I suppose we're nearly out of time now. So two very quick questions. The first one, uh, I was interested in your comments around uh, the, the importance of social influence or peer pressure on farmers and you know what they think of each other, and then you 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 were, you're were, you know what on on the on the spectrum are you very safe or you know risk taker? Could you maybe elaborate a little bit on that uh, further for the for the audience as to uh, your thinking behind where Sure, that um, and I'm not sure Mohammed might want to come in on on this as well, but very briefly, um, what we found is just over fifty percent uh, of farmers thought that other farmers that they consider to be good or good farmers uh, took risks. And therefore, risk taking was normal. But we also found that about 25% of farmers um, didn't take risks, even though they too recognised that good farmers took risks. So in other words, whilst they looked out to the wider community and saw risk taking taking place, it's not something that they did themselves. And that's really important in terms of it tells us that, you know, there's a big group, you know, 25% is a big group of farmers out there that uh, are really developing a farm safety culture, uh, where safety is an important issue for them. Mohammed, do you want to add anything to that?
3: Oh, hello, everyone. Thank you for inviting me and Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, yes, actually, uh what, as David actually mentioned, uh we figured out maybe we were dealing with two main cohorts in, in relation to safety and actually from the cultural perspective. And we figured out we have in the community of farmers in Ireland, a group of farmers that they behave safe, and they believe that safety is a part of the culture. And a good farmers is actually farmers to take safety things because of the social views of those important others. So what is really important is to first figure out who are the important others in the local community, and how we can engage them more in the type of educations and tools we have in place in Ireland. Because as you know, and as John and David mentioned earlier, in Ireland, you have loads and many tools as educational tools, programs in place. So now we are thinking of that, how to maximize their impact on the farmers' behaviors and how to effectively target that culture. And um, interestingly, we also found a group of farmers that are somewhere in in between. They are taking safety as a serious thing, but they need more social supports from those people in local communities, advisors, family members, the other peers, neighbors, you know. So now we are thinking of that, designing a tool to help this group to get a bit closer to those who think safety is important. And then we will have at least maybe a large number of farmers in the community. As it happens, then we can expect that over a launch, not really long course of time, but it actually takes time. Then we can see that the movement is happening. And we interestingly found that the movement has already started but we need to accelerate this social, for example, things and the cultural things. And and there is also another challenge. But uh, as you mentioned, aging actually is here. So those farmers who are maybe older, so they have a really firm cultural aspect, but they're also affected. So this is also important because they are affected by the neighbors that are maybe the same age, but they have the different, for example, experience of near misses or stories or something. So they're also affected. So we cannot actually. So this is a really positive thing to be also thinking of that. And and uh, and hopefully now we uh, found this, for example, okay, three groups to... and we now have here. And now we are trying to um, maximize our impact and engage other people as well. In, in in the process yeah. of delivery yeah. um, Have we time for one quick one Thanks more quick question
0: much, um Mohammed. Yeah. okay one more one more, one note more quick question so uh yeah. one one in there uh, can the speakers comment on the impact of symptoms of poor well-being and stress on the farmer and the efficient and sustainable management of a farm and can they also provide some recommendations to the farmer that might be experiencing symptoms
2: no, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that question. Yeah, there's an abundance of evidence like internationally, like that people under stress uh, have increased accident levels. Indeed, you no, know, I published a paper myself with uh, people in UCG, Amelia Fury and uh, Dennis O'Hara, Dr. Dennis O'Hara, our psychologist whom we work with. Yeah. Uh, So, so, uh, you know, uh, kind of a road map for for stress. Well, the first thing is to recognize oneself as having it, you know, and, you know, stress, as David has said, very often can come from the farm workplace, workload, financial, uh, you know, whatever on the the farm, uh, you know, poor health and safety conditions, you know, the advisory service, you know, advisors, consultants, we're there to help farmers with that, Right uh now the the other aspect is the healthcare side of it you know stress and that you know and you know we'd encourage people to signpost people you know to deal with their uh, you know health professionals in, in, in that re- regard and i think overall i think the whole business of 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 discussion groups and social engagement is crucial in this self management thanks
1: okay John, thank you very much unfortunately we're we've just gone a little bit over time, but just you know to any anybody who has sent in a question um all the the questions we do pull them together indeed every week and share them with our presenters um for their own use or indeed for um for future webinars that we often take uh, cognizance of some of the questions or comments that come in John David Mohammed Noel, and Yvonne Maher in the background thank you all very much for putting our webinar together this morning um Next week, we have uh, Professor Tommy Boland from UCD and the Lions Estate. And Tommy is going to have a a difficult task. He's looking at the challenges of achieving sustainable pasture-based livestock production systems. Um, So I do hope you can all join us again um, at this time uh, next week. Uh, Finally, I'd just like to um, wish you all a very happy, peaceful, and indeed a safe, very safe new year. Uh, today is a particularly nice day in, in Irish tradition, it's Noligna Maan so I hope all our women listeners all have a very nice and pleasant day and might even drag the night and the weekend out of it, it's a good day to have Noligna Leman on a Friday um, a reminder that the, the webinar is uh, available as a recording and David and John's presentations are also available on our website, we also do a podcast version so you can download your podcast wherever you get your uh, podcasts from and see you all again this time next week. Thank you all very much. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the podcast version of the Chagisk Signpost Series, the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Don't forget to join us live every Friday morning for our latest webinar. For more, visit chagisk.ie. And you can also rate, review, and subscribe to the Signpost Series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson, and
2: thanks for listening.